Hi, I'm Jen. And I'm Sam. And welcome to the Better Late Than Novel podcast. We are two Canadian book lovers who will never make it through our to-be-read piles. We could talk about books all day and we want to discuss them with you. Each week we'll talk about current book news and what we're reading. We'll also feature in our episode our top five picks list of books you should read. So topics could range from our favorite comfort reads, top on the edge of your seat reads, or books to satisfy your royal family obsession. Hi, Sam. Hi, Jen. Can you believe we're doing this? No, I'm so excited. I can't believe that we're finally recording our very first episode. This is awesome. We've only been talking about it for months. I know. (laughs) And you know what? It only took one global pandemic to get us to get our act together to record this podcast very true and we don't even get to do it together we have to do it remotely but i know here we are (laughs) here we are you know i feel like i know that i love talking about books i know that i love chatting about books and nobody else wants to listen to me except for you so i'm glad that we are joining forces and trying to you know connect with some other book lovers very true and you know i i tried my hand at book blogging i tried my hand at bookstagramming and you know i find i'm too long-winded so it's easier to just use my words and talk about it than trying to type out all my feelings about all my books. Oh my gosh, I totally feel you on that. I have so many things to say and I just cannot uh, limit myself, I guess. So I'm glad that we are trying our hand at podcasting and um, I guess we're just going to see how it goes. And I'm good with that. Good with that. So why don't you... Tell me, what made you so book obsessed? How did we get here? You know, I feel like I have been reading for as long as I can remember. And throughout the years, my favorite story that my mom tells about me was when I was about three, I went to the library with her and the librarian asked me, Uh, what kind of book I was looking for. And I told her that I wanted a book about romance at three years old. And that was my, (laughs) that was my, my first choice. Um, So really, I've been reading my whole life. And I've always had like a really intense love of books, clearly, like, you know, I've developed that into my career. Um, So I just feel like really passionate about it. So I'm really excited that we're doing something like this. What about you? How did you become a reader? I've been into reading for as long as I can remember as well. I was probably like two or three uh, when I picked up my first book. Um, And I used to play librarian when I was a kid. I stamped all my books. I'd hand them out to the neighborhood kids. Um, And I've always continued reading since then. So essentially... Anywhere I can take a book and get a few minutes of quiet reading time, I take it. I've taken books to sporting events because they're intermissions and that allows for reading time. So yeah, just like you, I've been obsessed with books since I was a kid and I've loved them my entire life. Jen, do you want to talk about some book news? Yeah, Sam, I do. So I don't know about you, Jen, but I feel like publishing has sort of come to a halt since this pandemic, and it's been a little bit quiet. 
And for me, I always look forward to the spring because they always have a lot of new releases, but a lot of the books that I was waiting for were pushed back. But you know what wasn't pushed back? I sure do know, I have my copy. What was not pushed back was the new Hunger Games book. The fourth book in the trilogy, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes came out this past Tuesday. And this book follows President Snow, who we know is the antagonist from the trilogy. And it basically gives us his backstory during the 10th annual Hunger Games. What do you think about this concept, Jen? So I did start reading it. I'm about 50 pages in or so, um, and I'm really enjoying it. Though there are some conflicting feelings, I would say, because the fact that I have any sort of empathy for uh, President Snow at all after his behavior in the original trilogy is a little upsetting. Um, but Suzanne Collins has done a really great job of developing his character. It's a really unique take um, on the story, but the novel also has a lot of the same sort of vibes that the original trilogy does, right? All the leading up to the games, the reaping, picking the tributes. Um, and what's interesting is we're getting the backstory of sort of some of the elements that we know from the new trilogy, right? Or the trilogy. So why did they, or how did they get people to watch them, the betting on the tributes, all those mm. kind of things. So it's been really interesting thus far and I'm really enjoying it. I too got my copy this week. I did a curbside pickup at Indigo and I was able to get um, my copy. But what I'm finding interesting about, I guess, this book and the choice by Suzanne Collins is the fact that we are getting President Snow's perspective because I really did like the idea of a backstory of another game. And I know that fans were asking for some of those backstories, but there were so many other characters that she could have chosen to give the backstory for. And instead she chose like the biggest antagonist, which I think is kind of a bold move on her part. Um, I don't even know any other books or book series that have tried this. Like, do you know any? I can't think of any, but I think maybe that's what makes it work so well. And that's maybe why, um, you know, fans are so excited about this release. Obviously mm. it had the, the original trilogy has a huge following. The movies were made and everything else. But I think her decision to base the story on President Snow really is a bold move, like you said. And it's something that isn't done very often. And I'm really interested to see sort of where his character goes and how he evolves uh, to become the character that we know from the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. um, so I noticed that when you're talking about this book, you are keeping, you keep saying his and he. And, and President Snow. My question for you is, how are you pronouncing his name in the book? Because I know when I'm reading, I just mentally skip, I'm skipping over it. Yeah, or you call him Corey or something for short. That's what I've been doing. Oh, like a little sweet baby yeah. nickname. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's you know, nice. Um, it also sounds a lot like Corona, which is timely and terrible, oh. but... I think it's Coriol Coriolanus. I don't know. That's if I was to pause and really ponder it and think about it, that's where I'd go. Not a hundred percent sure on pronunciation. <laughs> Easier to skip over at this point. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. And I think what's really interesting and what I'm finding, you know, particularly, I guess, uh, noticeable about this Hunger Games release right now is that like nostalgia element, right? It's I know like I read the tri the trilogy when I was quite a bit younger and I loved it. And now we get this book coming out during a time where we really need that comfort. But you know what else is also coming out? Speaking Time of nostalgia. Timely news. Speaking yes, of nostalgia, 
um, they announced this past week that a, another Twilight book is coming out. And I just really want to read you. Once I heard that another Twilight book was coming out, I, my first reaction was like, oh no. And then my second reaction was like, okay, I'm kind of here for it. And then my third reaction was to go to Goodreads and see what Goodreads was saying. And I just really want to read you the little... Blurb. blurb from Goodreads because I it's it's just something okay here it is okay when Edward Cullen and Bella Swan met in Twilight an iconic love story was born but until now fans have heard only Bella's side of the story at last readers can experience Edward's version of the long-awaited companion novel Midnight Sun like oh. <laughs> number one so dramatic number two why why do we need this is it at last is it really at last i this is going to go one of two ways i feel like this is either going to be like a cringe read where it's like you have to read it because like you have to because you've read all the other ones and exactly okay. or they're trying to get like now a younger audience like they're trying to get that resurgence going I think it's really funny because, like, Twilight came out when I was in high school. So, like, it's been, like, I am quite a bit older. I don't know if I can read this in a serious way. And I like reading, like, young adult fiction sometimes. Like, I like, like, I'm into a young adult love story. Like, I like kind of, like, how relaxing it is. But, like, I don't even know if I can do this one. What do you think? Well, and that's my question. Do you think we are too old? Like, I just, I know the Hunger Games prequel has just come out, and yes, there's this resurgence for it, but I feel like the Hunger Games has a totally different feeling and vibe than the Twilight series did. And I'm just wondering, is this going to be too much for me? <laughs> is it going to be too much? Yes, I will read it for the sheer fact that I have to. Well, we have to talk about it. We need to talk about it. We have to talk about it. But I just don't know. I'm not going to hold high hopes, unfortunately. You know what? I think, I think maybe we should just stay tuned. And I think that we can... We'll be back with our thoughts. We'll be back with these thoughts because uh, I, got, I have so many thoughts. I have so many thoughts. So speaking of sequels, uh, if you remember, Bird Box by Josh Mallerman uh, was a huge hit a couple years ago. And he actually has written a sequel comes out in July and it is called Mallory. Um, so Bird Box was again, huge hit as a novel. And then Netflix picked it up, made the movie, which came out in 2018, starring Sandra Bullock and massively took off, right? Yeah, um, so good. Like 45 million views in the first week alone of the movie. That's crazy. Did you watch the movie, Jen? I sure did. Did I you liked, like? I did. I liked the adaptation. I thought they did a good job overall. I thought so too. Yeah. I, I, well, like we we read the book a while back for our book club, yes. And I think it was like a unanimous, like we all really enjoyed it. Yeah. And then when the movie came out, I was nervous because I have some like book to film adaptation trust issues. Like I really have a hard time with it. That's but fair. I didn't. I, I felt like they did a really good job. So I'm really excited about this. Like, what do we know about the sequel? Well, we know it's going to obviously continue the same genre, right? Apocalyptic fiction. Um, hmm. 
How timely. How timely. (laughs) It's well in our world currently. Um, So if we remember from Bird Bird Box, so something is out in the world that if seen drives the view to commit deadly violence. So Mallory was our original protagonist um, and still is in the sequel. She lives with her two young kids until she goes upriver to try and find a safe haven. Um, So the sequel, now Goodreads is very, very vague, which is upsetting because I want some detail. Mm -hmm. Um, But their blurb says, now from the mind of a true master of suspense comes the next chapter in the riveting tale. This time, Mallory is front and center, and she will confront the dangers of her world head on. Okay, so number one, these are my initial thoughts. Um, looks like Josh Mallerman isn't the only true master of suspense, Goodreads, because this, to me, is a pretty suspenseful blurb. And number two, I'm confused why they're saying this time Mallory is front and center, because Mallory was front and center last time. She was... She's always been the protagonist. I know. Just continuing. And what what other dangers are there? How many more things can she face? That's what I want to know. It's pretty bad already, I would say. She's just going to go outside more. I'm here for it. I'll read it. Oh, definitely. But I just, I don't. I'm kind of confused. I think what's what I liked a lot about Bird Box, and I'm interested to see if he's going to do the same, you know, sort of vibe, is in Bird Box, because she wouldn't, because she couldn't see, because she was blindfolded to avoid the monster or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, that was very, like, chilling and exciting for the reader because when you're reading, like, you obviously can't see and you're just imagining things as you go, right? So, like, every sound she heard, she's imagining, you're imagining. So it was kind of, like, a really cool way to feel like you were inside the story. So I'm interested to see if he's going to continue doing, you know, that same vibe or... Because he's had a few books in between, I think. He's written other titles, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, Something. So I don't know. I personally haven't read their in a pile in my book room. Um, but I haven't read his other titles, but maybe I'll try to make a point of doing that just so I can get a nice comparison going. Do you think you're going to read this one? Oh, I definitely will. I loved bird box again. Like you said, that heightened sort of suspense Mm -hmm. because your other senses become heightened, right? When that vision is taken away, Mm -hmm. the extra descriptions that he, you know, is able to create the images that he creates, was an awesome novel. So I'm definitely going to read the next one for sure. Love it. We are recording our first episode in May. And Jen, did you know that May was National Crime Writing Month? I did not know that, but how exciting. Yeah. And you know what? I think as lovers of like, I really like mystery thriller and crime genre. I know that you do too. So we wanted to give a little bit of a shout out um, to some of our favorite crime authors. And we wanted to give some attention to some of our favorite Canadian authors at the same time, because we are Canadian. And I feel like sometimes we don't always get, um, you know, the credit, the credit that, that we deserve. (laughs) I did nothing. And I'm like, give us the credit. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so we want to give some attention to our Canadian, our favorite Canadian authors who write in the mystery thriller and crime genre. So Jen, who is one of your favorites? Well, I'm going to start off by saying uh, one of my favorites is Sherry LaPena. So most of you will probably know her for her novel, The Couple Next Door, was a big hit a few years back. Um, But my favorite of hers is definitely An Unwanted Guest. Uh, It is a great page turner, lots of clue vibes. So if you're, Mm. again, that mystery crime, you've got these multiple intriguing characters. They're all stuck in this resort 
in the middle of a storm. Uh, one by one, they start getting picked off. You don't know who the killer is. There's lots of great twists and turns as the story develops. It's kind of a classic whodunit, and I I just loved it. I devoured it in like a day or two. It was it's a great read. I don't think I read that one. Um, I feel like I read. Does she have one like the stranger in the house or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I read that one. Was the okay. last one I read by her. But I'll have to read an unwanted guest. I've listened to a couple of her books on audiobook. Okay. And it's all the same uh, narrator, and she does voices, and I personally really like that in oh. audiobook. <laughs> so I've listened to a couple of hers that way. But I'll have to definitely read an unwanted guest. Um, the second author that I know I wanted to kind of give a shout out to is Nathan Ripley. And he's an author who lives right outside Toronto, which I'm always like, what, what? when somebody is kind of in sort of local, sort of local. Um, and he wrote a book a couple years ago now called find you in the dark. And this one had like serious Dexter vibes. And it's basically the main character. He buys these case files off of crooked cops. Um, and, or like serial killers in secret. And then he uses that information to find the bodies for himself. So he kind of like goes through and he puts together these like files and whatever. And then he unburies the bodies and then tells the police where they are. So it's like the cops are after him because the cops think he has something to do with the murders. But then one of the serial killers doesn't like that he's kind of getting all up in their business. So then the serial killer's kind of hunting him too. So it was, it's really cool. Yeah. And then his other book, Your Life is Mine, was about like a cult. So it's like the daughter of a cult leader. Um, She's just trying to like escape her past, but she has to face it head on when her mother is murdered by the cult. So she kind of like finds herself back into it. So I really like his writing style. I think that he is a really good master of like that slow burn style crime read where you don't really understand what's going on until everything hits you all at once. And then you're like, whoa. So I, I really like him. I'm going to add him to my TBR list because those sound awesome. That's the kind of book I enjoy too. So Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely worth it. And then our final author that we're going to highlight for our national crime writing month is Marissa Stapley. So you may have seen her name on some lists recently. She has a new book out or coming out called the last resort. It's on a lot of beach reads lists. Um, and essentially these couples arrive for a marital retreat, um, but things are not as they seem. So it's this beautiful tropical location. It's run by this sort of power couple, this it couple, and they offer marriage counseling. Um, and again, things are not going the way that they anticipate. And you also can throw in the threat of a natural disaster. There's a tropical storm approaching and essentially everyone gets trapped at this resort. Um, and again, we see sort of those cult vibes. It feels like, right? Everyone wants to be a part of of this resort and this uh, marriage workshop. So very eerie feeling here. Like I said, this book is on all the sort of upcoming release lists, summer reads lists. Um, Yeah, sort of an uneasy feel. Yeah, I think that one's definitely going to be a good one. I'll add that one to my list for sure. So it was fitting that we talked about a book for our National Crime Month that was set at a beach because this week our discussion of the week 
is our favorite beach read authors. So I think for me, Jen, and I don't know, you tell me what you think, but I really feel like there's a big misconception about what constitutes a beach read and or like where you need to read a beach read. Because for me, I always feel like I read these lists and it's like, get your sappy romance and go get sand up your butt or whatever. <laughs> and that for me, I am not about that vibe. I prefer to sit on my balcony or sit in my yard. Like, what do you think? What comes to mind when you think of beach read? Oh, I think so too. I think it's usually a romance book or chiclet and there's nothing wrong with those by any means, but I don't think it has to be that. That's not the sort of all encompassing definition. And I too prefer sitting in a nice clean chair as opposed to sitting in the sand. That's just me. Um, but I think a beach read essentially needs to be entertaining. Yeah, right? for sure. Help you pass the time. I don't want to have to think too hard, right? Mm -hmm. The point is to escape, to relax, yep. to enjoy the warmth. Preach. Yeah. I also like a book for, you know, the beach or for those summer vibes that I really struggle to like put down. Like I want to read something that I like am getting lost in and I could lose like a couple hours. Um, I love that. And you know, I think any book can be a book you bring to the beach, like you do you. But I know for me, I'm specifically drawn to like two genres. I either really like like the mystery thriller for the beach, or I really like like that chiclet. Yeah. What do you think? I think so too. And I, yeah, we talked a little bit about this before we started recording and I agree. I think yes, chiclet's great. And again, it's usually lighter and funny and there's that romantic element, but Sometimes you need a good thriller, you need a good whodunit to mm -hmm. help you, you know, get lost from reality around you. For sure. So for this week, we're going to go through our top five picks of authors whose work you might want to bring to the beach. And we did not list these in any particular order, um, but we're just going to kind of get into it. And hopefully you can find something that you might be interested in to bring to your next lounge vacation whether it be on, on the, the beach or in a chair or on the balcony <laughs> on your carpet wherever you're going exactly so author number one we wanted to talk about taylor jenkins reed and i personally really really like taylor jenkins reed i went through a taylor jenkins reed kick uh a little while ago where i basically like almost forced against everyone's free will around me to read some of her books. Um, and I feel like she is really good at blending genres together. So her newest releases are more like period pieces. Um, I wouldn't really consider it historical fiction, but definitely she's able to capture like a moment in time. And that is sort of how I'd categorize her, like a moment in time author. So I find these books really escapist because they do really do feel like you're walking in another world, which I really loved. Um, so some of those key titles is Daisy Jones and the Six, which was a novel that she came out with last year. And that was like a huge hit last summer. That was on like Reese Witherspoon's book list. And it was in, um, you know, a bunch of different magazines. And basically it's written as an oral history of one of the most popular bands of the 1970s. And as soon as I saw the cover, I instantly got like those like Stevie Nicks, Fleetwood Mac style vibes. And I am all about that rock and roll drama. So that one I feel like is a great read for sort of like that escaping element. 
Another one is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. And I absolutely loved this book. And it really switches gears from Daisy Jones. And here we have like a Hollywood starlet who's nearing the end of her life. And she decides that she's going to do a tell-all to a Hollywood reporter. And it was really unique and really diverse. And there's definitely more to the story without giving anything away. There's definitely more to the story than just like you know, a Hollywood tale. Like I thought it was really, really well done. It was really, really great. It was one of my favorite novels, I think of 2016 when it came out. Um, well, all of her, sorry to jump in, but all of her husbands were all so unique. Yeah. And dynamic. And they just, the personalities she's able to create in her characters is like, unlike any other that I've read. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Everybody like, it like jumps off the page, which I think is, it's one of those books, which like when I'm reading it, I almost want to like pick up my phone and like go on Wikipedia and find out more about these people because they feel so real. I want to know more, yeah. which I think is a really cool, cool, you know, cool thing for her to be able to do. Yeah. Um, her other novels are definitely more like traditional chiclet, um, but really easy to read. Uh, sort of like a Hallmark movie in book form, which I am all about. And I personally really like that when I want to be like in my happy place, you know, um, I find them really comforting. And again, like it's just, it's escapist. It's not super heavy. It's nothing that you need to like, you know, you're not gonna feel bad when you're done reading. Like they're just really good, feel good type of books. And I follow her on Instagram and she was actually just posting about like yesterday um, about how hard it is writing a novel during quarantine. So we will not have to wait long for a new release by her. So I am personally really, really excited about that. Okay, so our second author that we're gonna talk about is one that I truly, truly love, um, Ellen Hildebrand. Uh, she has written 28 books now, um, including the Winter Street series, which I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, but when you get near Christmas time, that's a perfect series for around Christmas. She also has a Paradise series. She's written a lot of standalone novels as well. Some of my favorites are uh, Identicals, Blue Bistro, uh, Matchmaker was really good as well. And she has a new release actually coming out uh, later this summer uh, at the end of June. Um, so most of her books do take place on Nantucket. She is from there. She lives there with her kids. Um, so she knows obviously the island well. Um, and I just really enjoy her novels and the dynamic characters that she creates. A lot of her stories obviously have romance elements in them, but it, that's not always the focus. There's a lot of strong familial relationships, mm. friendships too, and exploring those elements. Um, and it's just really easy to get swept up in her stories um, and be totally transported to Nantucket, right? Being on the beach, the summer, the ocean nearby. Um, it's just a perfect escape. And much like a lot of what we just talked about with Taylor Jenkins Reid and her books being adapted, actually Ellen Hildebrand's books are being adapted as well by Hulu. Um, so I think there's like three or four titles that they're going to use to create this new TV series. Really? Yeah. So looking forward to that on top of uh, her new book coming out. And you know what? I'm, I'm down for going to this kind of beach. I have no interest in going to the beach other than, but I would go to Nantucket in my mind. For sure. I'm down with that. You could rent a nice little cottage. You don't have to go on the sand. Just watch the ocean go by. There we go. Love it. <laughs> so I want to talk about Emily Giffen next. And she is like classic chick lit to me. 
Um, I feel like everyone knows and I feel like everybody is love something borrowed, whether or not they read the book or whether or not they saw the movie with Kate Hudson and Jennifer Goodwin when that came out. Um, and I remember reading them for the first time when I was like, I don't know, maybe 17. And I always still reread them every summer. They're like that perfect, like I know summer is starting once I've done my reread of something borrowed <laughs> and something blue. Um, and Giffen, I think the thing that I like the most about her and what makes her a beach read author for me is that she has like this relatableness in her writing. You almost know someone like these characters, which makes it really easy to get lost in this book. You almost feel like you're reading about an old friend or something. And she has a few other books that are a little bit more serious, like the one she came out with last, I think it was last summer, uh, All We Ever Wanted. That one was a little bit more serious. I know she has another one coming out soon, um, which to be honest, I don't even know 100% what it's about because she is one of my auto-buy authors. As soon as I see she has a book coming out, I don't really care what it's about. I don't really care what the content is, <laughs> but I'm I'm going to buy it because I just really, really enjoy her books. Um, and... You know, I don't think she's as escapist as other authors. It's not like I'm reading her books because I want to get transported, but it feels like home, if that makes sense. Like yeah, there's just something sure. comforting and relaxing about the way she writes, about the way that she, you know, brings out the story. Sometimes the characters are reoccurring. So you almost kind of get to know these people. And um, I I just, I really like the way that she writes. For sure. I agree. I really enjoy her as well. And you only have a few weeks left to wait because it comes out in June. The Lies That Bind is her new book, so looking forward to that one for sure. Uh, so our last couple spaces are sort of similar in category, I guess. We went with author pairs when we were sort of debating back and forth of who to include on our list. Um, so space number four goes to Christina Lauren. Uh, so I personally was introduced to them with their book, The Unhoneymooners, and I loved it. I laughed out loud multiple times. <laughs> They definitely, and I found like by the end of it, you just want your own fairy tale happily ever after by the time you're reading or done reading. They're just full of laughs. They're full of romance. They've created these really sort of dynamic, hilarious characters. Almost like an awkward character that you're yeah. kind of rooting for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want them to find their happily ever after, right? You know, that you want them to find their person. Um, so I recently just finished their newest release, which is called The Honey Don't List. Did you like that one? I haven't read it yet. It's really good. I would say if you're a fan of like the HGTV shows, right, where you have the happily married couple finding the dilapidated houses, renovating them, flipping them, uh -huh. definitely check this this one out. Okay, um, so very like Chip and Joanna. To an extent, I will say. Okay. So we have this couple, Melly and Rusty Tripp. Um, who are the home renovation stars. They're well, their faces are everywhere. They have a book coming out. They're going on a book tour. They have multiple shows. But they are not the happy couple that they portray on TV. They have a lot of issues. They don't get along at all. Um, so the story itself sort of centers around their two assistants. Mm. But they play a central role, and they are hilarious. Like, their issues, their relationship is really funny. Um, and it was just engaging. It's a lighthearted read. And again, it'll leave you waiting for their next book. I know they have another one coming out later this year. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah, they come out with like quite a few a year, which yeah. I really like. I just finished reading um, Twice in a Blue Moon. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you told one. me I should read that. Yeah. And yeah, you know what? I really liked it. It's definitely, um, I feel like the way that they write is just like, 
basic enough that you get the story, you get the funny characters, you get the humor, but it's nothing that makes you like think too hard, which I know maybe sounds a little bit strange or something, but it's like when I'm reading a book and I want to relax, I don't want to have to, you know, think of, Oh, like what's going to be going? Like, I just want to kind of sit in the story and enjoy the story. I want to be in the moment. And I think that that's their books really keep you in the moment. And that's what I felt like when I was reading twice in a blue moon, I thought the ending was too abrupt. Okay. I didn't like, like I was reading it on my Kindle. And when I flipped through, I was like, Oh, okay. That was, that was the end. Like it was very, like very abrupt for me, but I still really enjoyed the story. Yeah. I just, I love their sense of humor and the way that they integrate their sense of humor into their books. I think that just adds to it for sure. Yeah. Um, so our last spot, and this is maybe not the best way to start a top five list with six, (laughs) six people on it, but we had a tie because we are indecisive. Um, and we wanted to give some attention to our, the domestic thriller genre, one of our loves. Um, we are suckers for domestic thrillers. Mm-hmm. So our first pick in our last spot goes to Greer Henriksen and Sarah Pekinen. Uh, they consistently create edge of your seat thrillers. I loved The Wife Between Us. That tell, one was so good. Yeah, I tell everyone I know to read it. It hooked me from the start, and I'm not going to give anything away because you need to experience it for yourself. But halfway through, there is a major twist. And I thought to myself, wait, is this the end? What is happening? And then it just continued on and it got even twistier and even crazier. Um, They've also written some other titles. You Are Not Alone is their newest. Uh, An Anonymous Girl. That one was good. good, yeah. So definitely reliable, reliable thrillers for sure. If you're looking for your next one. Um, and then our final spot we talked about was Liz Fenton and Lisa Steinke. I know you've read a few of theirs. Yeah, I really like Liz and Lisa. They have like a pretty big presence on Bookstagram and on, um, you know, on Twitter. And basically they're a writing duo that are two best friends that have known each other for like 30 years, which I think is amazing. Um, and they go back and forth between writing like straight women's fiction and writing like this domestic thriller genre. And I really enjoy a duo that can do both. Like I think they do both really, really well. Um, the one that I want to specifically call out is called The Good Widow. And this one was super likable. It had some likable main characters. It had a scandal. It had secrets. It had betrayal. Like I'm all about that, you know, drama. Um, they definitely could weave like a serious plot. Like there was so many twists and turns and I did find that most of their domestic thrillers are set in sort of like an exotic locale. So like they have one set in Hawaii and that's where the good widow set. They have another book that's set in Mexico. So it kind of feels like you're on a vacation because you know, it's sort of like that Ellen Hildebrand vibe where you feel like you're in Nantucket. It's sort of like that. So they have some other titles called Girls Night Out, uh, The Status of All Things, How to Save a Life is their new one that's coming out this summer. Um, so they have like quite a few different, you know, genres to choose from, but I really do like their writing style and I really like their story. Like, and I like to support authors that I like their, you know, their, their vibe. Their friendship. Exactly. Yeah. So that is our top five list for beach read authors. And hopefully you got a pick or two for you to take for your next, you know, backyard relaxation or to take with you to the beach. So that brings us to the end of our podcast. But before we go, we want to talk about what we are currently reading. So Jen, what are you reading? 
Well, I mentioned earlier, I am, I just started the Hunger Games. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what I just finished because I have lots of thoughts on it. Mm -hmm. um, so I just read Recursion by Blake Crouch, which definitely I would not say is a, really a beach read because it takes a lot of thought. Um, but really, really interesting. I, I loved it. Um, so I'm going to give you a little blurb about what it's about first before I talk about my feelings. Um, but its tagline essentially is that memory makes reality. So we have two sort of parallel stories happening at the same time. Uh, Helena Smith is a neuroscientist and she spent her life creating technology that will help to preserve people's most important memories mm. um, because her own mother's battling Alzheimer's and that's her focus. She's trying to preserve her mother's life for as long as she can. In the parallel story, we have a cop from New York City named Barry Sutton. He's been grieving the loss of his teen daughter years before. Um, when he stumbles upon these cases involving false memory syndrome. Um, so it gives sufferers two competing streams of memories, one real, and then they get a second stream of memories from a life they actually haven't lived. So their brain's kind of going back and forth between these two lives, and it essentially drives the person insane, um, and sometimes as far as suicide. So Barry Sutton starts investigating these individuals, where false memory syndrome comes from, um, and their two stories become intertwined. So Helena and Barry must work together to save reality from crumbling around them. Um, and Crouch is like a master of blurring the lines between fantasy and reality. Yeah. So I had discovered him a few years back with the Wayward Pines trilogy. And oh, the, yeah. And the TV show. Um, and he crafts these crazy sci-fi thrillers like no one else I've ever read. Because he wrote that one Dark Matter, too. And Dark Matter, yeah, definitely. That was an awesome one, too. Um, but that the thought that our our life that we know and our daily reality may not be real is really unnerving and terrifying. Yeah. Um, so it does. It puts you in this sort of like altered state of what's real and what's not. Makes you question things. Um, definitely, definitely worth the read. Um, obviously, with what's going on with COVID currently, uh, there's no television production happening. But Netflix purchase the rights to this novel oh really and they're they're looking to create like a whole um like world around it so they're starting with a movie and then they're looking at like multiple spin-off tv shows eventually <laughs> um because there's this sort of time travel element to it it opens this possibility of opening the story up even farther right so shonda rhimes obviously the tv goddess right Grey's anatomy all of the abc shows yeah um, is producing Matt Reeves is directing, and he wrote Cloverfield. I don't know if you remember that movie from a few years. It's like a monster movie. Okay. Um, he's working on the new Batman movie. So some pretty big star power driving the show, and yeah. he's going to be creating it. So I'm really excited for that. Did you like – I remember reading this one like a few years back, and I remember feeling like it was too long. Like, do you feel like it was too redundant near the end? I feel like there was probably a chunk of like – 50 pages or so towards the end you're right where it was like the same thing between Barry and Helena repeating because again like I said there's the time travel element without giving things away but it was the same sort of thing repeating over and over again and it probably like those events repeated you know probably 10 times or so so it did get a little redundant at that part but by the end it had picked up and I really yeah I really enjoyed it cool so Sam what are you reading I, too, am reading the new Hunger Games book, so I'm kind of getting uh, into that one, and I'm trying to finish up um, The Last Wife by Karen Hamilton. Okay. And um, this one is actually, I got an arc, and it's coming out in June, so it's not actually released yet. Okay. But it's basically about two best friends. Um, one of them ends up being diagnosed with a terminal illness, and she asks her friend Marie 
uh, to take care of her family as like part of her last final wishes. And uh, Marie is the narrator of the story. And she is just like a very clear creep. Like I just, I, I'm really trying to, I, I like a story with an unlikable narrator. Like I, I loved Joe from you. I really like books where I'm like, I'm not supposed to like them, but I do. Like I, I usually really like that. But I'm finding her to be like super whiny and the characters like just keep getting introduced without any rhyme or reason. And I don't know who anybody is. So I'm really struggling to like, I'm hoping that by the time like I read a few more chapters, like things start becoming a little bit more clear because I'm not sure if it is a purposeful issue, like almost kind of like starting the story in the middle and then like working your way back. Okay. But I generally don't enjoy a book that does that. I like a book that kind of like builds up and then like gives me some information. I don't mind if stories are going like back and forth between like narrators or you know what I mean? Like yeah. chapters and I can kind of put put the story together myself that way. But I'm kind of struggling to get through this one. Like I said, I'm going to keep reading it. I'm not disliking it enough to like put it down completely. Yep. So I'm going to give it a try. I did really like her last book. Um, I think it was called The Perfect Girlfriend. Okay, yeah, I have, um, I've heard of that one. Yeah, I did. I really liked that. So I, definitely it's not an author issue, but I just, I don't know. Maybe I just hate Marie. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, so that is what, uh, that's what I'm reading. Well, we have reached the end of our first episode. Yeah, so thanks for listening. And until next week, make sure you pick a book up off your shelf and get reading because after all, it's better late than novel. Bye. Bye.